and it's titled In the Beginning. Now, I'm not going to make too many jokes over the series about In the Beginning, uh, but over the next couple of weeks, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be journeying together through some of the stories, the narratives, and wisdom which is found in the book of Genesis. All right, but before we get into that, because Genesis is a big book, why don't we pray? Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, we thank you this morning that you're in this place. Uh, God, we thank you that you're setting us apart for such a time as this. God, I thank you for your word. Your word is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. This morning, oh God, I pray that we'd be encouraged, that we'd be sharpened, that we'd be transformed by your word. God, your word never returns void. And so we thank you, God. We lift you up. We exalt you in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said... Amen. Well, church, I'm going to make a bit of a confession this morning. Uh, now, I know that you hold me in such a high esteem, high regard. You guys, that man is a man of, a, of the cloth. But it might surprise some of you this morning to know that I am, in fact, a very, very sneaky, super competitive person when it comes to playing games. Now, I'm a rule book guy. Anyone else in the room a rule book guy? You're the guy who, before any game, grabs the rule books, you memorize it, you hold on to the information, and you hold it just in case anyone over the course of playing that game, they like to take themselves out of alignment with the rule book, and you're right there to tell them, that is not how you play, let me check the rules. Now, I have a brother, he's a legend, I look up to him, he's a super incredible person. He's not my biological brother, but he's my spiritual brother who's walked with me through many of the seasons of my Christian walk. Now listen, let me tell you about him this morning. He has the looks, he has the charm, he has the personality, he has the skill, he has the creativity, he is a package, but just in case he catches wind about me telling all these incredible things about him and he overinflates his ego, he does not have the brain to match any of that, all right? Now listen, you need to know today that as highly as I regard him, as much as I look up to him as a hero and as an inspiration to my walk, let me tell you this morning, every time I get around him, somehow my competitive nature always seems to get ahead of myself and come out when I'm in the presence of my brother. I remember one time, one day we were at Maraitai and we were at the beach. Don't know how it happened, but somehow at that point, at that beach in the hot sun, in the hot sand, in front of the multitudes that were there that day, we somehow got ourselves into a friendly wrestling match. Now, if you're looking at me, you're thinking, Kaylin, you're too skinny, you would have lost. Thank you for thinking of me as skinny, been working on that. But you're right, friend, I lost. I dramatically lost at wrestling. And so for, for weeks beyond this point, I decided, Kaylin, you're going to wrestle him until you win. You're not going to back down until you win. And so he was casually there, casually doing the dishes, and I thought, this is my opportunity. I tackled, I wrestled, I lost. All right, then I thought, oh, he's filling up the petrol. So I snuck around the car. I said, Kaylin, this is your opportunity. I tackled, I wrestled, I lost. All right, and then I started to see him doing the dishes. I said, Kaylin, this is the perfect opportunity for you to do this. Kaylin, he's watching TV right now. I'm going to do this. So I tackled him. I wrestled. You know the story. I lost. Okay, now let me tell you this morning. After countless hours of trying, after countless hours of doing this, after weeks of doing this, this was just last week, by the way. Come on, somebody, let me tell you this morning. After a few twisted arms, after a few bruises to both my body and my overinflated ego, after all of that, he let me win. I won. You can celebrate that this morning. Thank you. Thank you for those pitiful claps. Uh, but here's the truth this morning. I was in it to win it. I was not backing down. I would not give up. I was not letting go until I won. 
And in fact, as I was remembering about this encounter, I was looking at the story in the book of Genesis about a man named Jacob, a man who had struggles with his own brother, a man who wrestled both with man and with God. And in fact, before we jump into our scripture this morning, let me set for you some context which leads to the moment which we're going to pick up from today. See, what you've got to know is that for 20 years, Jacob has run from his past. For 20 years, Jacob has battled and wrestled, and he's been fleeing from his brother Esau because of the things which he'd done. See, Esau was set on killing Jacob. Esau knew that Jacob had done him wrong in making their father believe that he was Esau, and in fact, the father gave the blessing which belonged to Esau, and this is why Esau wanted to kill him. Now, Jacob, now he's trying to confront his issues, the issues of his past. He reaches out to his brother. He sends gifts and things which would boost the confidence of his brother, seeking out reconciliation with this man. And now he's here standing in this point of his story, battling with fear, having heard that there was Esau was on his way and Esau was not coming alone. He was coming with 400 soldiers at his side. So we pick up our story this morning in Genesis 32, Verse 22 to 30, it's in your Bibles, on your notes, or up on the big Bible called the screen. Right, it says this. That night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he'd sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions. Now Jacob was left alone, and a man who we know as God wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it's day daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Then the man asked him, what's your name, Jacob? He answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but from this day forth be Israel. Because you have struggled, you have wrestled with God and with humans, and you have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there on that spot. So Jacob called this place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun then rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. God bless the reading of his word this morning. You know, every single one of us in the room can relate to battling until and believing for God to bring breakthrough. Perhaps this morning you're in this room and you've battled with finances. Perhaps you've battled in your marriage. Perhaps you've battled for your children in your workplace. Or perhaps you've battled through health diagnosis. So let me ask you today, friend, what do you do, when in, the, what do you do in the midst of these struggles? What do you do in the face of these fears? What do you do when worry is at your doorstep? What do you do today when the battle seems too great for you to handle alone? Friend, what do you do when Esau is just up over the hill with 400 soldiers at his side? What do you do today when the battle comes knocking at your door? In fact, I want to answer a question this morning. The question is this, and it's one that all of us should be asking. God, how do we move from a place of battle to a place of breakthrough? In fact, if you're looking for a title or taking notes this morning, you need to know today and write this down if you're taking notes, from battles to breakthroughs. Everyone say breakthrough. See, at the heart of our movement as Elam within our DNA is encompassed this expectation that we as a people of God expect breakthrough. Now, I really believe and I really sense today that God wants to move us from a place of battling to a place of breakthrough. In fact, you need to know today that from the onset of this message that wrapped up within the entirety of the story is a beauty and kindness, a goodness and a grace of God that presses us into seeing more about His character and nature. 
See, what you've got to understand about this story is here is God, who in the midst of Jacob's chaos, in the rise of his issues, in the misery of his mess, does not, does, he chooses not to leave him, chooses not to forsake him, and chooses not to reject him. In fact, here is God, our God, who chooses to not leave us alone in our battles, but rather steps in in the heat of the moment. See, friend, you better hear me today. God would rather you wrestle with him than for you to run and resist him. God would far rather that you fight your battles with him than for you to fear and flee from him. So I'm here to remind every single one of us this morning that God will never leave you, God will never forsake you, and God will never leave you to face your battles alone. But we serve a God, our God, a gracious God, who steps into the heat of the moment. See, and doesn't this foreshadow for us the coming of our King, the coming of the person of Jesus Christ, the greatest one who in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of creation, steps into that place to take upon himself all those things that he deserved. See, here's the truth this morning. Friend, if you're going to move from a place of battling to a place of breakthrough, it'll only happen when you and I, friend, get alone with God. Everyone say, get alone with God. See, Genesis 32 verse 24 tells us this. So Jacob was left alone, and he wrestled with God till daybreak. Jacob got alone in the presence of God. Can I encourage somebody here? You need to know today that there is a difference between getting alone with your own thoughts and getting alone with God. See, what happens is often our thoughts will bring us to a place of confusion, whereas God is wanting to lead us to a place of clarity. Your thoughts, friend, will often bring you to a place of fear, but God wants to move us into a place of greater faith in Him. Friend, your, your thoughts will often lead you into a place of disillusionment, but God is always wanting to bring you to a place of resolution. So this year I'd really struggled and I'd battled with something in my life. I'd battled with unforgiveness towards a person. And in fact, it got so bad that one morning I woke up and I was satisfied, I was happy in fact, as I recounted the 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 dreams that I had the, the, the night before. In fact, in that dream, I'd looked at this person and I could tell that this person was in pain and misery and I felt happy about it. In fact, it, I got so unhealthily alone in my own bitter, twisted thoughts. I sought out comfort from others, silently hoping that those people who I was talking to would take upon themselves the sense of my attitudes and feelings towards that person. I complained about this person to others, hoping and seeking that I would somehow get a sense of freedom and satisfaction from telling them. Yet, can I tell you this morning, at every point I still struggled with that unforgiveness. Nothing helped. Till one day I decided and I set my intentions, God, I'm going to seek you. God, I'm going to wrestle you in the secret place. God, I'm going to come and seek you with my whole heart. And so I did. And let me tell you this morning, what felt like a lifetime of unforgiveness, friend, God changed God healed and God brought clarity to my life within two minutes of me getting alone with him and wrestling, wrestling with that unforgiveness. See, what God showed me in the midst of my mess was that I actually deeply loved and believed in this person so much that their actions were affecting me because of my belief and my love for them. God was showing me that actually I love this person, but I'm disagreeing with their actions in this season. In fact, God began to wake me up at 3 a.m. on a Sunday morning before church. Let me tell you, those were some difficult mornings. And he said, Caleb, would you pray for that person? And then he started to show me the things that were happening in that person's life. And he was out living his life in that moment at 3 a.m. on that Sunday morning. Can I just encourage every parent in the room, every adult in the room, if you want your finger on the pulse about what your children are doing, friend, get alone with God, press into that secret place. I look at some prophetic people in my life and I go, man, I feel sorry for your kids because while your kids are out doing 
dodgy stuff, your parents prophetic enough to call you out on that stuff. Come on, somebody. Thousand words from many countless others left me in my same situation, but one word and one moment with God completely changed everything. Now, I'm not saying this morning, don't seek out godly community. I'm not saying don't seek out wisdom and counsel from others because those things are great in God. But what I'm asking you and what I'm petitioning for you to do this morning is could we in fact go to him first? Could we first spend time in prayer over our issues before we even think of publicizing them to others? Could we first spend time in worship to God over our issues before we even begin to work ourselves up in a panic and frenzy about them? Could we first this morning seek God for breakthrough in our battle before we even entertain the thoughts and feelings of defeat? See, Jesus encourages us in this, Matthew 6, verse 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room and when you've shut your door, pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I really believe there's people in this room this morning and God is calling you to rethink, re-strategize and reprioritize around your alone time with him. See, for every single person in this room this morning, the breakthrough you need to know today, that breakthrough isn't going to come based on your doing. It's going to be only defined by your being. How are you in your being with God? Come on, somebody, get alone with God. Seek Him in the private places of prayer, and then you'll move from a place of battling to a place of breakthrough. See, Genesis 32 verse 26 says this, Then the man, God, he said, Let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I'll not let you go until you bless me. Can I encourage every single one of us today? Can we, like Jacob, make the decision that regardless of the outcome, regardless of the time that it is, regardless of the diagnosis from our doctors, that we would not leave, but we would cleave? Come on, let me say that again. That preached better than you heard it. Can we, instead of leaving, instead of us leave, let's cleave and believe? That sounded really good. Let's cleave and believe. See, when doubt begins to creep in and knock at your door, don't leave, friend, but cleave and believe. When worry comes knocking, don't leave, just cleave and believe. When fear encroaches and surrounds your household, friend, don't leave, but cleave and believe. When the doctor's reports come in and it's not to your liking, friend, don't leave, but cleave and believe. When confusion tries to enter your world, when confusion tries to tell you some untruths about your life, don't leave, just cleave and believe. So you better know today, you've got to know today that you'll only begin to move from battle to breakthrough when you choose this morning to get alone with God. Here's what happens when you begin to move into that place of breakthrough. When you choose this morning deliberately and intentionally to get alone with God, friend, you begin to acknowledge your weaknesses. Point number two this morning, acknowledge your weaknesses. See, Genesis 32 verse 27 says this, the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. You know what I've learned in my faith journey is that oftentimes I'll get alone with God because I acknowledge and know the weaknesses that are in my life and that are happening in this season. Other times, however, I'll often go to God because I don't know those things and God will reveal those things to me. You know, if this is, and I started to wrestle and grapple with this text because I was thinking, if this is truly God, if this is truly the creator of heaven and earth, if this is the one who knows all things, sees all things, and hears all things, then why would God choose to ask Jacob what his name was? Surely God knew his name. Now here's Jacob out here seeking God to help him to turn things in his favor, and God is out here asking, what is your name? See, here's what God is truly saying to Jacob. Jacob, would you acknowledge your true weakness in this moment? Would you acknowledge the reason that you're in this mess? 
See, what you've got to know this morning is that Jacob's name actually translated means, means deceiver. It means the supplanter, one who goes on behalf in the place of another. And if you know the context of Jacob's story, what you know and what you understand is that Jacob's life was all wrapped up in types and all sorts of deception. He had deceived his father into receiving his brother's inheritance and birthright by supplanting himself in the place of his brother. He was deceived by his uncle Laban. He was deceived into working. He was deceived into marrying the wrong person. Now, anyone in this room ever played hide-and-seek with a young child before? Listen, you know, if you've played hide-and-seek with a young child, children are just not good hiders. They'll run to the same place that you just hid and expect that you don't know that they're there. They'll run and they'll hide behind the curtains and they'll be giggling and moving the curtain. They'll jump under the nicely pressed out sheets on the bed. They'll throw the blanket over the head, expecting that you don't know where they are. Now, out of courtesy, if you're a good adult in the room, good adult, you know that you are going to blatantly walk past them knowing that they're there and three words are going to come out of your mouth. Where are you? You already know that they're there, but you're still going to ask, where are you? Now, I really believe and I truly think that God is doing this in this moment. He's saying, what's your name? What's your issue? Jacob, could we maybe acknowledge the real reason and problem that you're, having, that you're facing? Jacob, you don't need to hide or scour or shy away from me. I'm your father. I already know and I can see your problem hidden there in the most obvious place. Would you, Jacob, would you come to a place of realizing and acknowledgement of it? In other words, God is saying, Jacob, I see that your problem is in fact, not the fact that Esau is on his way, not the fact that there's an approaching army. Jacob, your real problem this morning is that your life is wrapped up in all sorts of deception. It's led you to the place that you're facing and the encounter that you're having now. So let me help you to deal with that first. And see, when Jacob acknowledges his name, this is what happens, Genesis 32 verse 28. The man said, your name will now no longer be Jacob, but from this moment on, you shall be known as Israel because you have struggled. You have wrestled with God, with man, and you have overcome. See, it's in this moment of the story, it's in this moment throughout history that what you've got to understand is that in Jacob, a nation is born. In Jacob, Israel is realized, and he goes from Jacob the deceiver, which means to, uh, and supplanter, to Israel, which means one who strives with God. In other words, one who wrestles and one who struggles and their struggles with God. See, here's what God's saying to every single one of us today. The thing which sets my people apart the thing that characterizes my people, the thing that should be the attribute of my people, the key identification of who my people are, is they are ones who will thrive only when they first come and strive. He's saying, would you wrestle with me? See, the truth is this, friend, your breakthrough wasn't gonna come by way of any self-effort, self-achievement, or based on your works. Your breakthrough will only become because you wrestled with God. Come on, I'm going to say that again because that preached better than you were responding this morning. Your breakthrough, friend, will only come because you wrestled with God. It's in your identity this morning. I love this, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, would you boast all the more gladly about your weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest upon you? Friend, let me encourage you this morning. Acknowledge your weaknesses before God and you'll move from that place of battling to that place of breakthrough. My final point is this this morning, if the keys could join me, is this. Friend, if you're going to move from a place of battle to breakthrough, you're going to expect this morning to leave with a limp. 
See, Jacob gets alone with God. He wrestles with him. Jacob then acknowledges his true weakness and he receives God's grace. And then Jacob leaves from this encounter with a limp. Genesis 32, verse 30 to 31. So Jacob called this place Peniel saying, it's because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. Then the sun rose above him as he passed Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. Now, if you read this story and you're any biblical scholar, even if you just read in your devotional time, friend, you know this morning, in fact, you read this story and you'd expect that as Jacob left, Jacob would leave with 10 times the strength of an army. You would expect today that God would leave him with a plan and a strategy to get out of the situation. You'd expect that as you read through that story that God would have commanded an army of angels to aid him in this battle ahead, but he doesn't. He leaves Jacob with a limp. What's that all about? I wonder this morning if that was about dependency. Like Jacob, you're walking into the situation, you're walking into your battle, and in fact, I'm gonna make you a nation. But again, it's not gonna be based on your strength, but it's gonna be based on your surrender. It's not gonna be based on your effort. It's not gonna be based on your creativity, but it's gonna be based on my grace. You know, there's this incredible evangelist that I hugely admire and aspire uh, and look at, and I watch his, watch his meetings. His name's Tim Hall. And for all those who don't know, one conference is coming up in October and we have his son, David Hall. Uh, but Tim Hall, he's traveled the continents. He's traveled around the world. Uh, he moves in the power of God. He moves in healing signs and wonders. And, and he's seen many, many salvations. I think short of a million or something like that. It's crazy. He's been to Papua New Guinea in the early days and he's seen that nation reached for the gospel with the gospel of Christ and I hugely admire him and I used to watch on on his journey and I go God what is the secret to this man's ministry now listen what I had realized after countless hours of watching his videos is this man walked with a limp and I go in my stupid brain I go God is the power in the limp and so you'll catch me out and I catch myself out doing this but when I'm moving in the spirit or in the things of God I start to put on a bit of a limp because I thought it was in the physical limp. Now, here's the truth this morning. Listen to me when I say this. The truth is this. There is a truth in what I said. Friend, the breakthrough is in the limp. No, not your walking difficulties or ailments for walking, but it's in this place called Pinya, the place where you meet face to face with God and God will leave you with a limp. See, I knew this evangelist. I knew that Jacob had wrestled with God in the secret place, the place of prayer, because he left with a limp. In other words, he had seen God face to face. He had encountered God, and he left completely changed in his walk. Hear me today. Your encounters with God should change everything and everything about your walk, your walk of faith, your walk of life, your walk of love. Can I ask you this morning, church, does people walk on, does, do people watch on at your walk with Christ and think, man, that's a woman. That's a man who has seen God face to face. And because of that, everything about their life has changed. Elam Christian Center, can we be a people this morning who get alone with God, who acknowledge our weaknesses and who leave this place called Peniel, our encounters with God, changed in every way within our walk. How do we move this morning from battles to a place of breakthrough? Get alone with God. Acknowledge your weaknesses. Leave with a limp. You know, I really sensed as I was praying over this message this morning, God wants to have a pineal moment with you.
God wants to make, have an encounter with you this morning. God wants you and to encourage your heart and life this morning. You know, my prayer for this week as I was preparing this message, after I'd read through this story, was God let it be said of Cinema 3. That Cinema 3 was called the place Peniel because it was the place that I met with God face to face. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Why don't we take a moment to just have an encounter with God. God wants to encounter you this morning. Why don't you begin to ask him some questions? I really believe and I really felt in my heart that some of you need to ask, God, what do you love about me? God, what do you say about me? God, would you reveal truth in my life today? Some of you this morning, you need to ask, God, if you're real, would you speak to me, I pray? Why don't we wait on him when they speak? Why don't we take that moment? say that you're the King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, we call this place the place of Peniel, the place that we meet face to face with God. Lord, we pray this morning that as we go into our week, that we would continue to prioritize our time with you. God, may we in our quiet time this week get alone with you and wrestle through some of those struggles and situations that we're going through. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll begin to reveal and acknowledge some of those weaknesses that are holding us back from stepping into everything that you have for us. God, today, I pray that we would leave from this place, having encountered you, having caught this place, a place, Peniel, the place that we saw you face to face. And God, as we do, may we be changed in every way in our walk with God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Still with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Church, we never like to close without giving people an opportunity to say yes to Him, to come into relationship with God. And so I want to invite you into a prayer this morning, a prayer to say yes to Jesus, a prayer to invite Him into your heart. Here's the truth this morning. The prayer doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. But this prayer helps you to start and commit to that relationship with Him. Here's the truth. You were created on purpose for a purpose. You were created for life and life in abundance. Friend, you were created for relationship with God. But the reason we don't experience these things is because of this word, sin. Sin is this. 
Sin is to choose our ways above God's ways. Sin, friend, the penalty of sin leaves us dead in our sins. You and I were dead in our sins. But God didn't want to leave us in that place. So what he did was he sent his son, Jesus, who lived holy and blamelessly, yet went to a cross to take upon himself the death that you and I deserved. In fact, the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he's your Lord and Savior, you can have forgiveness of your past, hope of eternity with him, and a new start today. So I'm going to count down from three. And if that's you, if you're saying, Kaylin, count me in that prayer, I want to say yes to Jesus. And all you have to do is give me a bit of a wave, then I'll acknowledge it. You can put your hand down. So here we go. Three, God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Two, he's standing at the door of your heart saying, would you let me in? One, friend, if that's you this morning, would you mind just giving me a wave? Put your hand nice and high. Awesome. Is anyone else this morning? Thank you, Lord. Well, friend, if you're praying this prayer this morning, let me encourage you to pray this from the bottom of your heart. So thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for every decision made for you today. God, we say today is a new day and we set free in Jesus Christ. Lord, we choose today to turn away from sin and turn to you. God, we surrender it all to you. God, we give you our life, our heart, and everything that we have, our plans, and we commit them all into your hands. God, today is a new day. We are set free in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Come on, church. Can we